Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. How you guys doing? Welcome to New Hope Church. We are so glad you are here. If you're a guest, my name is Benji. I'm one of the pastors here. Just so honored that you would come and, and hang out with us today. I want to look into the uh, camera and we want to welcome all of the campuses. I'm talking about the church online, the internet campus. Man, they have been chatting it up and, and praying for the church and, and, and experiencing worship. So anywhere you are around the globe with the internet campus, we want to welcome you. The Kenya campus, hey, we're coming your way. We're coming to Kenya later this year for a missions trip, the Columbia campus, Garner campus, North Carolina Correctional Institute, the Daughters of the King and the Women's Prison, the Sanford campus, North Raleigh. Hey, check it out. Today, North Raleigh just went to a brand new location in the capital of North Raleigh. I'm talking about moving on up, baby. Some of you know where that's from. I'm talking about the Jeffersons. Anybody remember the Jeffersons? Young people are like, who are the Jeffersons? Don't worry about it. There's all that. Hey, uh, Coffee House, man, they've been uh, just killing it upstairs. Maybe if you're ever interested, we have a Coffee House campus that meets at 11 a.m. If you have a hard time getting here at 1045, 11 a.m. straight upstairs, free coffee, kind of an acoustical, different kind of vibe. Great, great environment up there. And last but not least, surely, 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 the Central Campus. Now let's give it up for all of the campuses. Celebrate them. The movement. So we're in the middle of a series called Love and Respect, but we paused for today. We're going to pick back that series up next Sunday, but I wanted to go ahead and let you know that next Sunday will be Love and Respect Part 3, then the following Sunday will be Love and Respect, but the final, the finale of the Love and Respect Marriage Sermon Series is December 7th, and here's where I, why I'm telling you this. My wife, the first lady... I didn't think she would do this, but I asked her, and she has agreed to join me on stage De- uh, December 7th, that's right, for a time where we're just going to sit up here, man, and we're going to share with you the joys of our marriage. We're going to share with you the struggles of our marriage. It's going to be live Q&A. Hello. And there are no questions that are off limits. But this has been her, this is her plan. She, she would only do it if, if you send the questions in advance. <laughs> so you got to email the questions to loveandrespect.newhopenc.org. Write that down on your teaching notes. Loveandrespect.newhopenc.org. Send us in. There are no bad questions. All questions are on the table. No questions are off limits. Send those, and uh, that's going to be, uh, I don't know what kind of day that's going to be. Who knows? I think it's going to be a good day. So, um, again, we're so glad you're here. Um, one of the reasons why I love Sundays is because I look around, and you get together with people, and we are very different from one another. I mean, stop looking at me for a moment and look around at the people around you. We are different See, one of the things I love about this church is we are just not all the same. Amen? We have all kinds of differences. We come from different sides of the tracks, different socioeconomic levels. We have different skin color. I mean, we are just different, and I like that. Anybody else like that? Like, I, I, I love that. I mean, just think about it. We're different. Some of you, some of you like chocolate. 
Others of you don't like chocolate. I had a good friend who he, he was allergic to chocolate. And he hated it, man. We would have parties and celebrations and people would give chocolate, right? And he couldn't partake of it. And he hated that. And I'm like, dude, I wish I was you because I love chocolate. I eat too much. But we have, we have those who eat chocolate. We have those who eat meat and those who don't. You got, you got meat eaters. You got vegetarians. Even got some vegans in the house, right? And it's all good. It's your body. Do with it what you want, right? Well, that's not true. Oh, with, when it comes to eating, when it comes to eating, right? So, so we're, we're all different, man. Hey, some of you like the beach. How many of you like the beach? How many of you like the beach? Beach people in the house. How many of you like the mountains, mountain people? Yeah, yeah. So I love, I mean, Sunday is like my favorite day of the week because I get to gather with a bunch of people who are very different from me. But check it out. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. We're also very much alike. We also have a common story. It doesn't matter who you are, but the truth is we have different commonalities. Like, for example, there are certain dates. Certain dates help define our story. We have common ground here. Here's one. Check it out. July 4th, 1776. The official founding of the United States of America. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or where I was born and raised, America. Right? Hashtag America, right? But, but like where I'm from, man, South Carolina, and even, even around here, you get outside of the triangle, right? The truth is, man, when you're from the South, this is going to help some of you out. If you're from the North and you move down here, check it out. I need to let you know something about Southerners. Southerners on July 4th, they love to do two things. They love to consume large amounts of alcohol while at the same time blowing a bunch of stuff up. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Like, that is a deadly combination. Like, I prefer the latter. I prefer blowing some stuff up. I do not prefer large amounts of alcohol. But in the South, that's what people do. And if you do that, you need to, you need to cut that out. That's a bad combination. But like, even in North Carolina, some of you don't really know what I'm talking about. Because in North Carolina, they sell a certain kind of firework. A wimpy kind of firework. Little old sissy little things. That psh, psh. What's that? You go down to South Carolina where I'm from, all you got to do is cross the line. I mean, they know how to sell some fireworks. I'm talking about blowing some stuff up. So if you ever want to blow stuff up, just cross over the South Carolina line. They have a whole different ball game when it comes to fireworks. But this, this kind of defines us. This is, this is a part of our story. Here's one. Here's one. Oh, oh. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Crispy. Cream donuts. Like, I don't know if you know this date, but July 13th, 1937, that was a good day for America. That was the day Krispy Kreme was invented, man. And come on, I don't know about you, but like if I pass Krispy Kreme, if I pass Krispy Kreme, and the hot, and the hot light is on, something takes over my body. Like, I can not resist it. For example, last night I was doing a wedding in downtown Raleigh. Great, great wedding with a worship arts pastor here on staff. Doing the wedding. I got finished with the wedding. And uh, I pulled in, pulled out of the, the place where we were having the, the wedding. It wasn't a church. It was a historic home. And my GPS told me I need to take a, a right. But I couldn't take a right because it was a one-way street. I wanted to go right, but I didn't because I... That's bad news. And so I took a left down the one-way street. I went one block up. 
And I saw the sign blowing in the dark. Hallelujah. Pulled up in there, man. Got some hot donuts with my bride and my two little boys. The big kids are off at a Young Life retreat this weekend. It was awesome. And when I was enjoying that, I thought, you know what? Somebody else needs to enjoy this. So, like, I'm just wondering, is there a guest here? I'm talking about first-time guests. You have to be a first-time guest. You cannot be only, and don't you lie, you're in the house of God. <laughs> first-time guest, would you come up here? Like, I, I want you to sing a song on the stage. You, you, come on up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Come on up here. Come on up here. Give it up for my sister. Oh, my Lanta. Hallelujah. No, 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 right, right here, sister. It's okay. Right, right. Sister, sister. Right, right. Come on. But I think you would sing a song the way you're about to bust up on that stage. Give it up for my sister, church. Have some Krispy Kreme donuts. We're so glad you're here. No, I only got one box. I only, I only, I only got one box. Yet yeah, she'll share some with you. There's your donuts. Sister, you were awesome. That was not a part of the plan right there. <laughs> Woo, you never know what's going to happen here. That whole thing that happened right there, I didn't know. I, that could have gone one of two ways right there. And I just want to thank you for being godly enough to bail me out of that bad boy. So, so there's, there's all kinds of the dates. Like, like, let me show you another date, man. Here's another date that, that's kind of... All of you, if you if you're married, you have this date, and since we're in a marriage series, like check this out. Oh. May thirteenth, nineteen ninety-five. I see some of you whispering. I know what you young people are saying. You're going, I wasn't even born. I know, I know. She was twenty-three. I was twenty-four. We look like high school students. Look at that. It's a special day. Special day. Here, here's one, here's one. September 8th, just a few years later, the birth of my first child, a girl, my one and only girl. Guys, that's, that's fresh. That's like right out of the oven. That's like hashtag no one in the womb. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's my girl, Anna Grace. Very special day. Maybe you can think of your wedding day or the day you gave birth or some other special day. We all have, we all have defining dates, right? Check this out. Here, here's one. November 10th, 1970. I just had a birthday this week. On that day, your pastor was born. 1970. But here's, that day pales in comparison. It pales in comparison to that day. October 23rd. 1988, when I got down on my knees and cried out to a God that I did not grow up hearing about, but I got down on my knees after I had just read the Gospel of John, and I prayed that the Lord Jesus Christ would come in to my life. I had just read about in John 3 that the only way a person is... Born again is when they, when they receive Christ, when they, when they become in Christ. And so I asked God to, 
to help me be saved. I wanted to be born again. And I prayed that God would forgive me of my sin. And from that day forward, this date has been the most significant date in my life. It's when everything changed. It's when the God of the universe power washed my soul. Save me of my past, my present, and my future. Literally rescued me from the pits of hell and saved my life and gave me a purpose and gave me a meaning and filled, listen, filled a God-sized void that had been in my soul that I'd been trying to fill with everything else of this world. Christ came in. And I became, I became, I hope you're taking notes. Write this down on your worship sheets on the back. I became in Christ. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I became what the Bible says over and over and over. This is very Pauline, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. This is how he defines salvation. For Paul, everything was about becoming in Christ. And it gives me a chance on the front end of this message to ask you this question. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? If there's any ambiguity, if there's any confusion, I want to speak to you today. Maybe for the first time or the 100th time. Because my goal is that every single person would leave here today in Christ. You might say, where does that come from? Let's read this verse out loud. You ready? On three, ready, go, like it's the word of the Lord. Ready, go. For the wages of sin is, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. One more time. You did that so good, but I want this to sink in. Ready, go. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ. Now, if we were just to diagram that passage, check it out. Here's how we would do it. There's a line. There's a line in your soul. There's a line on planet Earth. There's a line in theologically understanding what Christianity is all about. Some of you kind of just, just kind of been fog in the pews all your life. And I hope that just gets really, really clear for you today. The reality is the wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is what? Like, what's a wage? Like, like, what's a wage, you know? A wage is something that you earned or you're earning. Some of you might remember when you started working as a young person and, and you were working for minimum wage, right? Minimum wage. Back there in 1980-something when I got my first job, man, minimum wage was something like 475. Today, I think it's 725. 725, minimum wage. There's a wage when it comes to sin, And the wage for sin, which you earn for sin, is what, church? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life. I'm just wondering, any sinners in the house? Any sinners in the house? See, see, here's what I know. About half of you raised your hand. Half of you, God bless you, you are spot on. The other half of you, one or two things are going on. Number one, you haven't really awakened yet. You're trying to get the coffee in your system and you're trying to wake up. The other ones that you're awake and you still didn't raise your hand, one or two things are happening. Either you are completely oblivious to the reality of your life or you are a liar. (laughs) Like, we are all sinners. 
Every single one of you. Show of hands. Show of hands. Let's do it all again. Let's see if we can rebound. Ready? How many of you are sinners in the house? That's much better. I mean, and still, there's still some of you going, huh? Like here, like I, I know, I know. I've seen your bumper sticker. I've seen your bumper sticker, man. I, you, you, you even believe your kids are not sinners. You even believe your kids are saints. Like I've seen your bumper sticker. My kid is an honor roll student at such and such school. Your kids are perfect. I'm so sinful. I get a kick out of that other bumper sticker. Have you ever seen it? The one that says, my kid beat up your honor roll student. <laughs> I know I got issues, man. I got issues. But, but the reality is, listen, every single one of us, you're sinful. You need to know that. Like Mother Teresa, sinful. Billy Graham, sinful. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., sinful. The Pope, oh, I'm about to ruffle some Catholic feathers. Some of you come from the Catholic Church. I want to let you know he puts his pants on just like you do. He is a sinner. Sin. Nur. And my kids, like I'm a sinner, my kids are sinner. Like I've never had to teach my kid. I've never I got five kids. I've never had to teach any of my children how to be mean to their sibling. <laughs> I've never had to teach one how to take one something from the other. Right? We are all sinners. I, and again, I, I like to be transparent with my sin so you know what's up, because I I'm not a pastor. Please don't ever put this old boy on a pedestal. Like, I am a sinner. I, how many of you have sinned in the last week? Sinned in the last week. See? See? Still, I'm, I'm making some traction, but some of you are like, nope, no. You're the one who said, nope, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. <laughs> um, ask your spouse later if you're perfect. You're not. Like, I, I sinned last week. Like, seriously sinned. I don't mean like a little sin. Like, in, in, in our culture's eyes, I sinned. I was going to Super Bowl Sunday. Saturday in Central North Carolina, I coach Pee Wee football, Pee Wee football. And we have this unbelievable team this year. We've only lost one game, so we made it to the playoffs. We won throughout the entire playoffs. And we are heading to the, the Super Bowl of Central North Carolina last Saturday. I am driving. I'm trying to get into a place called Randolph where there's a Randolph High School. And I have to pass through this place called Siler City. Anybody from Siler City? That's what I thought. Um... I'm passing through Siler City. The game is at 2 o'clock. I got QB1, my boy Caleb, in the front seat. I got Joshua in the back. He's my water boy. And since the game's at 2, I got to get Caleb a little something to eat because he's moaning and groaning. Daddy, I'm hungry. I'm like, Caleb, you can't eat much because the game's at 2, but we got to get you a little something. We pull into Siler City. I'm looking for a place to eat. I cannot find a place to eat. I circle Have you tried to find a place to eat in Siler City? I couldn't find a place. I circled around, circled around. So finally, I'm getting a little frustrated because I'm getting a little close on when I got to get to the game because remember, I coach. And so I, I do a U-turn and I kicked it. Mm. I had driven slow and peacefully the entire way until that moment when I kicked it. And as soon as I kicked it, here he comes up over the hill. <laughs> Coming at me, right? <laughs> Pull me over. I didn't play the pastor card, though I was tempted to. I really, if it had been Sunday, oh, I would have played the pastor card. I'm just letting you know. Um, but I played the football card. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. You always got to say you're sorry. 
If you ever want to get out of a speeding ticket, listen, dear sir, you have to say you're sorry. And then you need to call them sir or ma'am. It's all about how you interact with them. So I started doing my thing. Sir, I am so sorry. You are right. I was speeding. But sir, I coach football. And we're late to the Super Bowl. I thought that would, I thought that would influence him. He said, the Super who? I said, the Super Bowl. I said, we're late. I got, a, I, got, I got 24 youngsters waiting on me. He said, sir, can I have your driver's license and registration? <laughs> Wrote me a big old fat ticket. I am a sinner and the wage of sin is what? Yes. And the wage of sin is consequence. Like I'm going to have to pay a wage. <laughs> it's going to be a big fat one. I'm going to have to pay it. The day went from being really good in the morning with coffee to really bad with my speeding ticket to even worse, we lost the Super Bowl. Oh, yes, we did. Oh, yes, we did. And if you follow me on Twitter, you saw this picture. You saw this picture. That, that defines it all. Now, I'm going to show you another picture. I, I couldn't tweet this one out because I felt too bad for him. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I didn't even know I was going to show it, but I, I got to show you one that's going to make this one look like he just had a day at Disney. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> He's like, I don't want this stinking second place trophy. The day went from being good to bad to worse. Listen, we are all sinners. And maybe you're here today and the truth is there's a certain area of your life and you're fully aware of your sin. And, you're, and, and you've been trying to overcome a certain sin all your life, but for days and weeks and months, and for many of you decades, you have this same thing that you struggle with over and over and over again, and you're wondering, why can't I overcome this sin? It might be because you're dead. I don't mean, I don't mean physically dead. As far as I can tell, most of you look alive, with a few exceptions. But it might be that you're a dead man walking. It might be that you're a dead woman walking. And you have this thing and you just can't overcome it. Because here's what you need to know. Dead people can't really change. Like, come on. Have you ever been to a funeral? Have you ever walked up to the coffin? Fist bumped the dude in the coffin? Boom. And he came up, fist bumped you back. And you said, hey, dude, I hope you worked that out. Dead, dead people don't change. And maybe what's... What's illing your soul, maybe what is causing you to struggle with something time after time and time again is maybe you're dead in that particular area or maybe, just maybe you're here and the truth is by the time this message is over, you're going to realize your soul is dead. And what you really need is God to breathe into you new, fresh life. Remember that verse, Romans 6, 23? Can you, can you quote it by memory yet? For the wages of sin is what? For the wages of sin is what? But, there's a, that's a big but. By the time this sermon's over, some of you are going to like, I like big bucks and I cannot lie. That's a big old but. Some of you are like, what's he talking about? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't know where that came from. <laughs> but the wages of sin is what? 
But, that's a big old but. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus. The question I have for you is this. Are you in Christ? Every single one of you, I'm asking you that question. Regular New Hope attender. Maybe you haven't been here in a while. First time guest. Are you in Christ? Because here's what it means to be in Christ. Let's go back to that verse in that diagram. The wages of sin is what? Wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is what? Here's how you experience eternal life. Here's how you become in Christ. Here's how you experience salvation. And you know that you know that you know that you are saved. You realize that through the cross of Jesus Christ... We become in Christ and we are no longer dead in our sins, but we have the gift of God. And if it's a gift from God, it's good. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, a gift from God is good, church. A gift from God is quite unlike the gift you get from a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle at Christmas. You know what I'm saying? A bad, ugly Christmas sweater. And you're like, really, you shouldn't have. No, like, like really, you shouldn't have, right? But the gift of God is good. That's why the gospel, the word gospel, you know what it means? It means good news. Gospel means good news. For the wages of sin is death. But when a person becomes in Christ, he or she receives the gift of God. And the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life that begins here and now. John 10.10, abundant life that begins here and now and carries a man, carries a woman, carries a student right through this life straight into eternity in a place called heaven. Let the church say amen. amen. It's eternal life if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ... You're dead in your sin. If you're not in Christ, there is a wage, and the wage is death. If you're in Christ, when you die, you come before God, and your sins are forgiven. Let me just give you some verses to kind of work you through this. First of all, I want to show you a picture. How many of you have experienced that? Oh, my Lord. I I have not experienced that. I'm pretty picky with my stuff. But I got to tell you, when I see phones like that, it drives me crazy. Like, some of you have come up to me with your phone like that, and I, I'm tempted. I haven't yet. I want to buy you a new phone. Like, how many of you have had this happen? How many of you have dropped your iPad or your iPhone and that has happened? Show of hands. Dude, that's a bad day. Joshua Hunter, my little eight-year-old, who came up to me this week, walked. Yes, God? It's crazy, crazy, crazy service up in here. (laughs) Joshua, my little eight-year-old, he walked into my study at the house, and he has an iPad. It was given to him by a good friend of ours, Craig Dunn, who lives up in Indianapolis. Joshua has an iPad. He walks in there uh, this week, and he shows me his iPad. He opens up. He had a case. He had a little cover for it. He opened it up, and his screen was shattered. And he said, Daddy, my iPad. And I got down. I said, Josh, I'm sorry. I said, what happened? He goes, Somebody broke it. I said, are you sure? Are you sure it wasn't you? No, Daddy. I think it was Caleb. 
I said, I don't think so. I said, Caleb, did you break? Caleb said, no. Then he went through all of his siblings. And finally I said, Joshua, we might not ever know, but bro, it's shattered. And right about then, a big old elephant tear came down his cheek. And I'm like, yeah. And I like felt it with him, man. That's a bad day. But that, com- that does not even compare to the way in which some of us are in here today. And if we were honest with ourselves, we would just have to admit, listen, our lives are shattered. Maybe you're here and you're shattered just a little bit over your first date. Maybe you're here and you're shattered just a little bit over that night that you went too far. Maybe you're here and the truth is your marriage is a little shattered. And that's why you're really into this marriage series that we're in the middle of. Like I said, that we're going to pick back up next week. Maybe you're here and your vocational life is just shattered a little bit. And you're broken. And there's pieces all over the place. And you're trying to put it back together, but you don't know how. Maybe you're here and your relationships are shattered. Here's what... I want you to know because this is gospel good news. Listen, in the midst of our lives, when we're all shattered, that's what I've tried to establish so far. The truth is, you're not alone. Everybody in here, we have areas of our lives that are shattered just a little bit. Some more so than others. But here's what you need to know. What many of us have found is that God is a master at taking the shattered pieces of our lives and putting them back together and building something beautiful. Come on, church. Ours is a God who loves to take the pieces of your life and put them back together when you're in Christ. But you have to be in Christ. Let me show you some verses. We're just going to look at a lot of scripture now. Right back to back to back to back to back. I love that. Here we go. Ready? Read it out loud with me. Ready? Go. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are... Those who are what? In Christ Jesus. Like maybe you're here and the reason you're shattered... Come on. The reason you're shattered, the reason you feel like your life is in pieces is because you walk around here 24-7, 365, feeling condemned. Maybe you grew up under hard, heavy-handed parents. And you could never be good enough. Didn't matter how hard you tried, you never could please them. And as a result, you walk around planet Earth with a guilt complex. And you live out your existence in condemnation. And I just stopped by to let you know that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's good news, church. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Check this out. Here's another one. Therefore, come on out loud with me. Therefore, if anyone, the new creation has come, the old has gone and the new has come. If anyone is what? In Christ, the new creation has come. Maybe you're here and what your life looks like, what your shatteredness looks like, is the fact that you need something new. Everything's kind of old. Everything's stale. Life has even become stale. And what you need is inside your soul what you're really longing for, and you know it. You need new peace. What you need is new life. What you need might be some new relationships. What you might need is new hope. Hello. And I don't mean the church name and I don't mean the church. I mean like new hope 
In Christ, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is a God of new hope. And when you are in Christ, the the new has come. The old has gone bye-bye. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Here's another one. Here's another one. For we are God's We are God's handiwork created. There it is. There it is. Created what? Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I don't know if you realize this or not, but the truth is God has prepared great things for you to do with your life. God has prepared you to make a difference in this world, and he has prepared those things in advance. See, the truth is America will try to convince you just to chase the American dream. And I just want to let you know because some of you are caught up in that rat race and you're chasing that American dream and there's nothing wrong with the American dream and I believe in it to a certain extent. But the truth is, here's what you need to know about the American dream. You can chase it till you're blue in the face and when you reach it, if you ever acquire it, it will still be found wanting. Did you hear me? You have to know this, beloved. And everything in our culture will try to teach you to chase that American dream. And when you do, you will still have a God-sized vacuum in your soul that only Christ Jesus can fill. See, see, God does not give you a dream to chase, the American dream or any dream for that matter. God gives you a destiny to fulfill. There's a big difference. You can chase a dream all your life and still be found wanting at the end. Or you can fulfill a destiny and live life on point. And God will give you handiwork to do in advance for you to lift high the name of Jesus. And that is the only thing that will fulfill your soul. So I want to ask you today, are you in Christ? I want to ask you today, do you know For sure. Like I don't want anyone here today to leave with any ambiguity or confusion. Here is the reality, beloved. You can know that you know that you know that you are saved, born of God, and your eternity is secure in Christ Jesus. You can know that when you die, you shall not be sent to a place called hell, which the Bible speaks clearly about. But you can instead go to a place called heaven For the rest of eternity. For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. And some of you are sitting here going, but I I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in Christ because here's my number one concern. I'm probably going to sin again. Some of you are sitting here going, like, I I mess things up. So I don't want to get in Christ because I'm probably going to mess it up. By the time the sun goes down today. And I want to let you know you're right. You will sin again. But the difference is you will sin as a child of God, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You will sin in Christ. And the Bible says God is greater than your sin. The Bible says there is therefore what? Now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So if you're sitting here and you're worried about messing it up, you need to let that go. We all mess it up. We mess our lives up. We sin, but we don't mess the gospel up. 
We, we can't mess the gospel up. Have you ever been what the Bible calls born again? That, that's my question. You might go, well, where do you get that from? I'm kind of new to this whole church thing. If you've got a Bible, open up to John 3. Open up to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, you got Nicodemus coming to Jesus at night. You might consider it the Nick at night passage, right? John chapter 3. Listen to this unbelievable passage of Scripture. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can sing the, see the kingdom of God unless they are, if you got your Bibles open, unless they are what? Born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Listen closely, church. This is powerful. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Unless they are born of what? Now listen closely. Some of you have heard this, this, this taught, I believe, in an unfaithful way. The Bible, when it says, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, the Bible is not referring to baptism through that word water. That's poor teaching. What the Bible is saying is, unless you are born of water, water from the womb, unless you are born of humanity, unless you are born from a mother, the water bursts, the baby comes. You know how it works, right? I'll stop there. Unless you are born of water and the Spirit. What the Bible is saying is there are two births. There are two births. There is the birth when you came out of the womb of your mother. That was a good day. I believe that. Someone might not have ever told you this. That was a good day when you were born. I believe that God has a purpose for your life. God does not make junk, beloved. You are a precious child created by a good God. You are a person that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Some of you have never believed or even heard maybe that God had a great plan when he created you. He loves you. And the Bible says unless you are born of water and the spirit, verse 6, flesh gives birth to flesh. See, right there. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying, and again, this is Jesus, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Have you ever thought about this? This, 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 this is... This is, once this goes off in somebody's spirit, you'll never be, the chain, never be the same. Like once you're born physically from your mother, you have a choice in life. You can either live your life having been born once. And if you're born once, you will die twice. Here's what I mean by that. It's very clear if you study the scriptures. If you were born once and you never get in Christ, you never allow Christ to come in you and you be defined as being one in Christ, unless you never do that, if you live your entire life only having been born once, the Bible says there will come a day when you will die. I know, you like to avoid that subject. 
But you're not going to believe this. You can study the stats. It's still hovering right at about 100%. Every single one of us will die. I know, I know. It's not a comfortable subject. But when you die, the Bible says that you will stand before Almighty God. The Bible says that you will appear before what the Bible calls the judgment seat of Christ. And when you do, if you have only been born once and you are not in Christ, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the Bible says you will die again and be sent to hell. I know it's not politically correct. But it's biblical. And if it's okay with you, I'm going to be a pastor that stays biblical over political correctness. You will stand before God. And if you have only been born once, you will die twice. But if you've been born twice, if after you come out of your mother's womb, at some point in time, you surrender your life to the lordship of Jesus. You believe the gospel good news that being in Christ gives you eternal life. That by what he did on a blood-stained cross for you, he paid the wages of your sin so that you might have eternal life. If you are born again, the Bible says, you too, you too, you too, will stand before Almighty God. You too. We will face the judgment seat of Christ. And the Bible says at that point in time, yeah, all of your sins, all of my sins, I probably got you outnumbered, by the way, all of them will be before God. But because you are in Christ, the Bible says God will look at you and he will not see your sin, but he will see his son Jesus who paid your sin debt in full, who died on a blood-stained cross for you, rose to new life, and he will look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You will die once because from that place you will be ushered right into the kingdom of heaven forever because Christ will have power washed your soul and all of your sins. Come on. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? See, here's what I'm convinced of. And I don't want you to hear some man's words today. I don't want you to listen to some mere mortal. Here's what the Bible says. And I'm just echoing Paul. I'm convinced of it. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers. Paul says, I'm convinced that none of that, nothing, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ, nothing, nothing, nothing will ever separate you from Christ. So here's my question. Are you in Christ? Question mark. Kind of not sure. Not sure what would happen if I like hit the proverbial bus on the way home, right? If I died today, do I know where my future would be? Do I know for sure that I am in Christ born again? Or are you in Christ? Exclamation point. You know that you know that you're in Christ. 
Speaking of this whole born again thing, um, a group of missionaries just came back from Haiti, New Hope Missionaries. We sent our first medical team to Haiti this past week. It was awesome. I've heard nothing but great reports. But we do missions trips all the time. We have been doing them for, for 12 years now. But this was the very first medical missions trip that we've ever done. So we sent a bunch of people in the medical field here to Haiti on a missions trip. And it gives me a chance to say, by the way, if you're in the medical field, keep your eyes and ears open because we're going to be doing this some more. Well, they, they went to Haiti. And like I said, it was the first medical missions trip we've ever done. And they're there and they're in a hospital. And they're in a hospital. And, and I've heard the good reports, but many of people have said, you know, it was the hardest missions trip they've ever done because they've never quite seen anything like this. They've seen bad poverty. They've never seen bad medical care like this, if you know what I'm saying. And so they're in the hospital and a woman shows up and she's 42 weeks pregnant. Now, guys, you need to know that's, that's really pregnant. Women know that. The, the people who just kind of grunted, that, that was the women in the house. 42 weeks pregnant, overdue. Like, hashtag baby needs to come out of the oven. You know what I'm saying? And the hospital turned her away. They turned her away because she wasn't in labor. This woman had experienced two stillbirths before that. She had no children. It was a bad scene. And, and, and Dr. Nicholson, who is a new hoper, He's a father of a staff person here. He and the New Hope team are there. And they see this go down and they send her away. And they see how stressful this situation is. And this woman needs to have the baby delivered. So they grab her and they say, hey, if the baby is not born by Tuesday, I'm here from the United States of America. I'm a doctor and I will give you a C-section. Tuesday rolled around and you know who showed up, right? Here's Dr. Nicholson, a new hoper. Here's the new life. Little precious Haitian baby. Born who, by all accounts, would not have been born alive with the medical situation and her history. Here are the new hopers. Check this out. Here they are. New hopers. Come on, come on. With, with the dad. New life. You've all been born once. Have you all been born again? Like seriously, forget about the person sitting beside you, please. Forget about what you have to do tomorrow at work. Have you ever been born again? Have you ever become in Christ? Have you ever thrust your whole being, your sins, your past, your shatteredness, thrust all of that against a blood-stained cross and allowed God to come in and power wash your soul, forgive your sins, and secure your eternity in a place called heaven over hell? Because my day, as I told you, is October 23rd, 1988. November 16th, 2014 just might be your day. How cool would it be for you to know from this day forward that the very day that there was no doubt, there was no more ambiguity, the very day that you gave it all to Christ and you became in Christ and He forgave you of your sin. The Bible says He'd write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You will be going to a place called heaven and eternal life, abundant life will start here and now. Wouldn't it be cool for you to leave here today going, I know that I know that I know that on November 16th, I became in Christ. 
On November 16th, I was born again. I'm going to invite Pastor Fuller out. And we're going to sing a verse or two of that song we did earlier. And we're actually going to stay connected to our campuses. This is going to be a really cool global moment as Pastor Fuller leads us. And I'm going to invite you to go ahead and stand to your feet. And I want you to sing this. And maybe you're a born again child of God. And this is a great opportunity for you to sing a great old hymn. But here's what I know. There are people at all of our campuses right now. Who if they die today, they do not know for certain that they're in Christ. And I want to give you a chance to make November 16th, 2014, your day. You think about that as we sing this together. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.